I want to invite you to take your copy of God's Word and turn to the 17th chapter of the book of Luke. Luke chapter 17. In his landmark book entitled The Fifth Discipline, Peter Peter Singe quotes Bill O'Brien, who at the time was CEO of Hanover Insurance. He says, people enter business as bright, well-educated, high-energy people, full of energy and desire to make a difference. But by the time they're 30 years old, Only a few are on the fast track. The rest, they just put in their time and do what matters to them on the weekends. They lose the commitment, the sense of mission, and the excitement which they started their careers. We get little of their energy and almost none of their spirit. As I think about the men and the women who not only died in purchasing our freedom as a nation, but who have also died in preserving our liberty since the founding of this nation, I wonder, I wonder, will they not stand before us on Judgment Day? Will they not stand before us on Judgment Day and say, we gave all for our country? Why? Why did you fail to give your all for the highest and for the best for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read our text. John 17, excuse me, Luke 17, 7 through 10. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, Come along now and and sit down to eat. Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink. After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, When you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants who have only done our duty. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, you have moved our hearts this morning. As we've meditated and thought about the sacrifice that others have made for us. And Lord, now it's time for us to listen to You and to see what You would have for us, what You're calling us to do. 
Speak to our hearts, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. First thing I see in this text is obedience from the heart. Obedience from the heart. And brothers and sisters, we must settle this issue. And the issue is this. Who is my Lord and what is my title? Who is my Lord and what is my title? Who is actually this morning determining the course of your life? Who is actually calling the shots in your life? Have you genuinely met and encountered Jesus Christ? Have you come to him for forgiveness of your sins? Have you truly experienced his love and forgiveness through his death for you on the cross? Have you honestly yielded your life to his gracious control? You must settle this issue. This morning, you may have a lot of loose ends. You may, be, you may not have a clue where you're eating lunch today. You know, you're, that's a loose end. You may not you know, be sure where you're going on summer vacation. That may be a loose end. You don't know if the grandkids are coming to visit. That may be a loose end. There may be a lot of loose ends in your life right now. But I encourage you to nail down today before you leave this auditorium whether or not you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Have you honestly placed your faith in Him? Have you received Him into your life? Because when you receive Him, you not only receive a new life, you also receive a new title. And according to Scripture, that title is doulos. Probably some of you are going, oh, I knew that. Exactly, that's my title. In the New Testament, doulos is frequently used to designate a master slave, one who is bound to him, but is also used in the New Testament as a follower of Jesus Christ. A doulos is a bond slave of Jesus Christ. And what it points to is a term of absolute dependence. Dependence on the master. And so you have this contrast. You have this master who has full claim on the servant. And you have this servant who has a full heart of absolute, total commitment to the master. Doulos is applied to several figures in the Old Testament, including Moses, including the prophets. In the New Testament, it's applied to Paul and it's applied to James, the actual uh, brother of, of Jesus. It's also uh, referred to as Jesus himself. He took the form, as it says in Philippians, he took the form of a servant. So we, if we've encountered Jesus Christ, if we are believers, we have moved from being slaves to sin to now we are bond servants, slaves of Jesus Christ, slaves to righteousness. So I ask you this morning, are you still seeking a title? Are you trying to find your place in this world? Are you trying to discover your purpose? Or have you actually accepted your title? Have you accepted your title? Servant of Jesus Christ. And not merely accepted it. Okay, I'm a servant. No, no. 
The question is this morning, have you delighted? Are you excited? Are you filled with joy at the privilege of being a servant to Jesus Christ, the Son of God? Well, if we settled the issue of who is our Lord, and if we settled the issue of, of our title, then we're not going to really have any problem obeying his commands. That's not going to be too difficult. In fact, that's going to be our desire. We're eager to know and to follow the orders of our commander-in-chief, Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, we live for that. That is our purpose. That is our desire because we're living to bring him joy. Now, if you'll notice in this text, the work is tiresome. The work is not easy. The work is in the fields. And you notice in this text that after working all day in the fields, when the servant comes back to the house, what does he do? He's still working. He's still working. And as I look out here this morning and I see many of the servants of the Lord Jesus Christ and the servants of First Baptist Church, I see some people who are tired. You're tired. You've been working. You've been serving the Lord, not for just a short time, but for many years. And we may get tired in the labor, but that labor that we have been doing has all been for Him. And so now, even though we're weary, when we come in, whatever He desires, even now in my weariness, I long to do for Him, according to this text. One day, 14-year-old high school freshman went home. School was dismissed early for a teacher's meeting. And this story is, this young man's name is Jerome, and Jerome conveniently neglected to tell his parents about the change. And so what he had arranged without his parents' notice, uh, you know, knowledge was for his girlfriend to come over to the house that afternoon. And they weren't planning on studying. And as they were going up the steps to their house, he says, my nosy neighbor, Ms. Nolan, poked her head out of the window. And she said, you're home awful early today, Jerome. Yes, ma'am. And he said, I tried to improvise some kind of lame story about how we were planning to review algebra problems. Does your mother know you're home this early? Miss Nolan persisted. Do you want me to call her? He says, I gave up. Uh, no, ma'am. I'll go inside and call her while Kathy sits on the porch. I want you to think about, I want you to think about how many, how many people in Tiff County have ever sat in a setting like this. A setting designed 
to worship the Lord. A setting designed where incredible worship music, incredibly gifted people are sharing their gifts, and experience, just think about, what I want you to think about is how many people in Tifton, Georgia, or Tiff County have ever experienced what you experienced this morning? I estimate there's about 40,000 people in our community. What percentage of those people do you think have ever experienced what you've experienced in these first 50 minutes of this hour? I want you to think about that. Out of 40,000 in this community, how many have ever tasted and seen how good the Lord is? Now, I want you to think about this. If all we had to do to reach those 40,000 people was to put up a billboard inviting them here, Don't you think we'd have done that a long time ago? Don't you? Absolutely. That would have been some of the best money we'd ever spent as a church. If we could just put up a billboard and say, come and taste and see our incredible God. And if they would just come, that would be awesome. But you know what Jesus told us, right? He told us, not to invite them to come. He said, what? You go. You go. And that's what this work is. See, we're tired. Yes, we're laboring. But listen, it's, it's messy. The 40,000 people that we're going to reach aren't just going to come with a billboard invitation. It's going to be like Ms. Nolan. They're going to observe somebody in life and they're going to say, Jerome, hey, buddy. You know, it's going to be in life. You're going to be encountering people throughout this community. And it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be simple. It's hard work. And the Lord asked us, will you do your duty? I'm tired, Lord. Okay. But do you see I'm causing your life to intersect with somebody else in this community? And, and I want you to love them. I want you to care for them. I want you to serve them. Demonstrating the love of Jesus Christ. Listen, serving Jesus can be exhausting, but it's a good kind of tired. The final thing I see in this text, and I know everybody loves to hear those words, is grace. It's all grace. How does, this, how does this happen? This obedience from the heart, this work, this service, this doing our duty, how does it happen? It's all by the grace of God. Our relationship is grace. What is our title? What have I been saying? What is our title? That's good. Some people are listening. Good. Servants, right? Our title is servants. Well, that's incorrect, okay? I'll just set you up. Look back at the text. We're not servants. The text says we are what? Unworthy servants. We're unworthy servants. Unworthy servants. So, so what does that mean? What, what do we actually deserve? 
what would be fair? What would be just? Well, what we honestly deserve is the judgment of God. What we deserve is his wrath. But what he offers us is grace and amazing love. And it's real. It is genuine. His love and his adoration for us, no matter what we have done, has been demonstrated in a way we cannot miss it through the death of Jesus on the cross for us. So our relationship as servants or unworthy servants, that's a gift from God. Secondly, we see that our relationship is grace. Our purpose is grace. Let me ask you this. Why does your life make sense? You go, huh? What kind of question is that, preacher? I mean, why does your life make sense? Why does it make sense for you to uh, go to ABAC tomorrow and teach students? Or why does it make sense for you to go to your company tomorrow? Or go to work at your business tomorrow? Why does all that make actually good sense? Why do you have genuine purpose? Why do our lives actually make a difference? Why are we given the privilege of actually having an impact for God through what we do? Why does God give us a platform? Why does he give us opportunities? It's pure grace. It's his grace. We didn't earn it. We certainly don't deserve it. It is God offering us the opportunity to walk in fellowship with him day by day and for him to live in and through us, touching other people. That's why it makes sense. And finally, a relationship is grace, our purpose is grace, and the accomplishments are all grace. Why do we have the privilege of seeing somebody's life transformed right before our eyes? It's the grace of God. God's grace flowing through us or flowing through them, accomplishing his works. Our responsibility is to do our duty in obedience to God. And the glory is all his. You've heard this story. He was a carpenter. He had worked for the contractor 40 years. Faithful, dedicated. But he came to the point in his life, he'd saved enough, it was time to retire. He wanted to spend time with his wife, he wanted to spend time with his extended family. And so he explained to the the boss, this is my last house. And as he completed it, the, the boss asked him if he would do him a personal favor. Would you stay on for one more job? Reluctantly, he said, okay. He started on this last house, but in all honesty, even though he had had a stellar career, this last house, he began to cut corners because his mind was on retirement. And he began to cut corners and he began to use some shoddy materials. And so he finally finished it. The contractor, his boss came and expected the house. And then the unexpected happened. Contractor reached in his pocket and gave the man the keys. He says, This is for you. I wanted it to be the last gift for you. And you can imagine the shock and the surprise on this builder. Not the shock that he was receiving a great gift, but the shock that this gift he had received, he had done such shoddy work on. 
Listen, every day we have the opportunity to be servants of our Lord Jesus Christ. Every day we have the opportunity to do our duty. Every day in our heart we have the opportunity to serve Him out of love and delight. This morning we've been celebrating our heroes. We've been celebrating men and women who sacrificed everything for their duty to our country. Brothers and sisters, I ask you, does God deserve anything less from us? The future of this church depends on us. Moreover, the spiritual climate of this community depends on us. My prayer is that you will allow your heart and mind to realize this. That nothing, absolutely nothing, kept Jesus Christ from fulfilling his duty. Nothing could keep him from going to the cross to purchase our salvation. Not pain, not embarrassment, not mocking, not ridicule, not beating, not even literally nailing him. Did it stop him from doing his duty to purchase our forgiveness? So I ask you this morning, as we draw near to him, Ask Jesus Christ to search your heart. In light of all He has done, have we truly abandoned our lives to Him? Are we? Are we doing our duty? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, You've given us the examples, You've given us Your Word. You're just asking us to live out that relationship of grace. Father, the greatest thing that could ever be said about us was not said after a high school or a college or professional school graduation. The, the greatest thing that could ever be said about us was said that day when we invited Jesus into our heart. You called us a son or daughter of God. You said all our sins were forgiven. You filled us with the Holy Spirit. And you called us your beloved servant. Totally unworthy, but yet blessed by you. Lord, that's what we want to be in our daily lives. That's what we want our church to be filled with. That's what we want to be a witness to in this community. Lord, move on our hearts. May we surrender to you in Jesus' name.